Welcome to the One Voice DSM podcast. My name is Tiffany Tauschek, and I am the Chief Operations Officer at the Greater Des Moines Partnership. Today's recording is part of our special major project series, where we are exploring a number of game-changing projects that are in the works in our community. I am so excited today to be joined by Dr. Angela Franklin, President, CEO, and Chief Academic Officer at Des Moines University. Today, we're going to talk about plans for the new DMU campus. DMU is in the process of building out an 88-acre campus in West Des Moines. The campus is on Grand Avenue near the Des Moines Area Community College, which is the West Campus, and also the Mid-American Energy Company, RecPlex. So the current phase of the build-out includes a $250 million investment to build on four buildings. And when complete, this new campus will have the capacity to serve about 200 more students than it currently does with room to add more and grow when necessary. So to hear more about the latest progress with the project, let's bring in Dr. Angela Franklin. Dr. Franklin, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Tiffany. I I look forward to talking with you about this. Well, kick it off, how about tell us a little bit more about the new campus, what it will look like once it's complete. Okay. Well, we are so pleased to plan a campus, what we're calling the campus of the future. Um, It's an opportunity for us to have expanded space, you know, well-designed space, working with RDG design firm and an architectural firm here that has a local presence to really imagine the future of health sciences education. So one thing that was really important to us as we started imagining this new space and what it could do for us was not only a comfortable environment for not only students, but employees with beautiful lighted space areas and comfortable environments that could be more collaborative in terms of the the environment, but also sustainability. So we are seeking um, lead um, silver sustainability, as well as well-being sustainability. So we want a comfortable work environment, but also an environment for our students to learn in a space that's innovative and exciting and state-of-the-art but also an opportunity for us to evolve with time. Spaces can become easily dated as we talk about state of the art. It's only state of the art for a certain period of time and then things evolve. So we want to imagine a future state that we can get there over time and that the space evolves with us. So we will be building out four buildings um, on our campus um, with the signature largest building being our edge of advancement building. Uh, most of our people will live there. There will be classrooms on the lower two levels. Our innovation building where food service and collaborative space for students, but all of our labs and research simulation labs are there. A health and well-being building uh, for health and fitness. And, you know, the environment that we have is all about promoting wellness and then a campus support building that has parking um, included. So those are the four buildings that we're building out in this first phase, which is gonna be a long first phase. We don't anticipate building the next buildings anytime soon, but we have the room to grow. And that was the most important thing about having 88 acres to allow us to have the next 100 years of Des Moines University in good hands with space to grow for the future. Wow. Dr. Franklin, your your commitment and your vision for the future of DMU is, it, it truly is inspiring. And I will also just say that 
this project is, is truly helping put our community on the map in a new and different way, uh, which uh, will create quite the legacy, not only for you and your team, but but again, for our entire region. So how, how are you feeling about um, this, this huge moment in time that you have helped shape and create with your vision? Yeah, sometimes it is, it's surreal. You know, it, it feels overwhelming sometimes. You know, sometimes I look back at just this as an idea and I just marvel at the progress that we've made and the excitement just is building. Every new milestone, the excitement continues to build. To actually see buildings coming out of the ground, you know, there are moments that we go out on that site and we sort of pinch ourselves because we can't really believe we're actually doing this and it's, and it's real. So there's a lot of excitement. And as I look back at my journey here um, and my time spent as president, I always talked about dreaming big and imagining the future of health sciences and being innovative in our approach. Never quite thought we'd be doing this, but this falls in line so nicely with the vision of creating this institution, this environment for future health professionals and giving them the opportunity to learning in an environment that we never imagined possible before. So it's, it's fulfilling. You know, it's exciting, a little bit scary, as you can imagine, too, that we're really doing this. And how can we actually get a whole campus relocated? But all of the stars are lining up for us in a way that, you know, just makes us feel really real for us as a campus community. Certainly, the medical, medical community, healthcare community has always been a critical piece uh, of our community. But this, this is, again, really raising, raising the level of commitment to those students. Uh, can you share with us just a little bit about what this is meaning to the students and, and student recruitment? Right. Well, a lot of universities build new buildings and add and, and augment their spaces or renovate space. You know, we are now able to build from the ground up a campus community that provides all of the opportunities for students to learn in an environment um, that's very progressive and innovative. So we're, we've had wonderful space here in our current campus. Over time, that space becomes dated. You know, simulation labs of the future may be a little different than simulation labs today. Anatomy labs of the future will look a little different than anatomy labs we have today. So to stay current with changing dynamics and how we teach and how students learn was a real important um, attribute to what we're being able to do now. We have on our campus now beautiful auditoriums, you know, tiered seating, as you would imagine most university campuses have, but the evolution of teaching and learning in the health sciences in particular has evolved to more flipped classrooms and small group interactions and students get all the content ahead of time and then they come to class to engage and and debate and collaborate around the knowledge that they receive. To do that in an auditorium session um, doesn't quite work the same way so that students learn differently, the environments are different. So to retrofit big auditoriums you know, to what we do today would be probably more expensive to do. So we get to create the space and the environments that aid in that new way of learning and facilitating those conversations. Collaboration space is a big part of what we want to do, not only for our students, but for our employees that sitting in a closed office 
versus having space to interact and engage with you know colleagues from one department to the other. Interprofessional education is a big part of what we do. So in order to aid in that, our people need to be able to congregate in ways that maybe they wouldn't have otherwise done if they were more siloed in different departments around campus. Now everyone's more together and it aids in this opportunity to facilitate uh, even our research, you know, we will have active research going on and opportunities for our students to partner with faculty to do, you know, research and, and explore new opportunities and create new knowledge um, as a part of some of those research uh, programs that will begin and continue on our new campus. Our simulation floor, I think, is going to be the most exciting uh, because we have an opportunity to not only create what's state-of-the-art now, but plan for that future state as new technologies, including a telehealth space. Because with the pandemic, one thing that we've learned about the delivery of care is that one, there's a greater need for uh, opportunities for virtual meetings um, because most people were sort of sheltering in place. So students now will have an opportunity to learn some new skills. You know, how do you deliver good care, proper care when you're doing it through a Zoom screen? You know, are you looking through a lens and a camera? You know, there's some new skills that need to be developed to make sure we still provide proper care since our whole focus is on the quality of the training we provide, but also the care that our students will deliver. Well, we really appreciate all the work you and the entire DMU team is doing to, to attract new, new students into our region because we at the partnership, as you know, one of our key priorities is talent recruitment, but also talent retention. So we hope that we're able to help keep those students here and make them uh, DSM USA residents long-term. Uh, you are certainly setting them up for success with, with your leadership and what you're developing, on, especially with the new campus is incredibly exciting. But one of the things we, we talk about often is in our, in our region, public-private partnerships make such a big difference in helping shape and create big, big transformative projects such as the DMU campus. Can you just give us a little bit of background uh, and context about, again, the history of this project and how regional collaboration has really helped making this a reality? Well, one thing about health sciences education in particular is that, you know, we have to rely on those partners. We don't own our own hospital. We have a, a small clinic, but the most of our training that our students have to do has to be done in partnership with other health systems um, in the region and around the country, actually. So we are so proud to have the leadership of both Unity Point and Mercy um, sitting on our board of trustees. So David Stark and Carl Keeler are active members of our board of trustees. They were there as we made the decision, yes, we will relocate the campus. We are moving forward with that. So to have them at the table with us as we began shaping the plan for the future, we rely on them in this in this area, you know, so much for the training of our students. Um, but we also rely on partners outside of the region because there's just not enough opportunity in this one region uh, to be able to satisfy the needs of all of our students. And that's our greatest challenge to make sure all of the clinical training opportunities are there for our students. So we will continue to partner. Other partnerships are around um, educating future generations 
of administrators and others who support the health sciences. So I see real opportunity with DMAC being a partner out there, that being the innovation corridor, talking with um, the provost at DMAC's West Campus already about new opportunities to partner on some of these new initiatives or maybe some degree programs that don't even exist yet, you know, with artificial intelligence, digital analytics, all the things that are on the horizon, why not partner um, with others who are already working in this space? And then there's Microsoft, uh, who's also a neighbor out there. So we're really excited about those opportunities to partner. And we couldn't be doing this without the talented team at RDG Design Architectural Firm. We were lucky to identify a firm that's been working in this health sciences space. They've done work all around the country in realizing and reimagining health sciences facilities. Um, so we're really proud of that partnership with RDG and now having Turner Construction on board to help us um, with building this campus is really exciting for us. And there are a whole host of other supporters now that have come out to the team to, to create. Regional support was important to us, um, P, uh, PDM. Um, fabricators, a steel fabrication is a part of this. And then regionally, brick. Our brick is going to be coming from the region as well. So it was really important for us to select, you know, individuals and companies and other vendors from the region so that it truly is going to be an impact on the entire region that we're expanding and building out and having an impact for this region um, with DMU being the catalyst for a lot of that excitement. And one of the other partnerships that, that you've established is with the Mid-American Energy RecPlex and would you just share a little bit about uh, the clinic, the DMU clinic that it is that is in there? That is also really, really cool. Right. Well, when the Mid-American Energy Complex idea was being um, debated, you know, we knew there was an interest in having a sports performance clinic within, and we competed for it. And we were really excited to, early on in the process, have an opportunity to to um put a proposal in to do that. So we knew early on that once that project you know, came to life, DMU would be a key partner in that. So we saw our first patients just this week, you know, in our PT-led sports performance center. So physical therapy and sports performance is a big part of that. Um, youth sports and the opportunity to lend support to those um, kids that are involved in youth sports out there, but also for that West Des Moines corridor to be able to have our PT you know, clinicians actually providing care to not only to the youth involved in youth sports here, but any others who have um, opportunity to, 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 to come out and, and get some additional support. Uh, and our, our tagline is more about everyone's an athlete. You know, we just play differently. Um, and, you know, whether you're an official athlete or you just may have stumbled and failed, you know, walking the block, you can get support from DMU um, because we're out in that, that clinic already, seeing patients as, as we speak today. Excellent. And that, that facility, RecPlex, actually officially opens. I know there have been parts of it that are already open, but the whole complex will officially open very, very soon, uh, which will get even more, more traffic in, into that space and area, and the innovation corridor, which is, which is fantastic. Dr. Franklin, what, what can you share with us about next steps and the timeline? 
Well, we're on schedule. And of course, with the pandemic and all this happening in, in the world, um, we've been a little nervous about are we going to be able to stay on track um, with that timeline? You know, ideally, um, the year 2023 is when we hope to actually be all moved in and celebrating the 125th year of the founding of our university. And right now we're on schedule. Um, anything can happen. You know, we've got to get through the winter. And I know there are certain milestones as they're constructing today that they need to get to a certain place before the winter. And as far as we know, we're on schedule. So we're very hopeful that by December 2022, the buildings will be complete. And then we have about a six month period to actually get everyone relocated there. And I can't even yet imagine how we're going to actually move everyone. There's going to be a phase moving of everyone there, knowing which classes of students will be the first to arrive. And that's typically our PA students every year. They normally start first in the summer. Um, so we would likely move the faculties to support um, that program first. And then the schedule of everyone getting there so that by September, uh, September 2023, when we are celebrating 125 years, we are cutting a ribbon officially celebrating our new home and, and everyone being relocated there in our new home. That That is so exciting. And it's going to be here so quickly. <laughs> but, <laughs> but congrats on being a, on schedule so far and certainly understand there, there's a lot that can ebb and flow with, with the big project, especially as massive as this. But it, we are so excited about the moment that we can be there alongside you and celebrate your vision uh, really coming to reality and uh, what that means for, for our region as a whole. Um, what, what else should we know about the project? Anything else you wanna cover? Well, I would just like to acknowledge the Greater Des Moines Partnership. You know, I've been a proud member of the board, um, really have, have been pleased with the support that we've received, you know, from you and, and, and other members of the, the Greater Des Moines Partnership. You know, this is so important for all of us in the region and um, I, I really thank you for uh, the level of engagement that, that we've had. Um, this is an exciting time for all of us. And um, we want to make sure we do this in a way that as DMU has evolved over time, and I've been here 10 years now, we, we pride ourselves on being a community partner and that everything we do from our students' engagement in the community to our employees who actually get leave time to, to be of service to the community. Our people volunteer um, in various uh, organizations, mostly nonprofit to be of service. You know, servant leadership is for me personally is a, and a, a leadership um, approach that I ascribe to. So it's real important for us to give back to the community. Um, as you may know, DMU is a private school, but we have a very public mission of the 99 counties in the state of Iowa. You will find one of our graduates practicing or being of service to those communities. We proudly acknowledge that every year. Some years they may move around a little bit. We may have someone move from one county to the next, but we actually have been good stewards of the resources we have, but also a great partner um, to the community. And our students, faculty, staff really believe in that vision and that mission for the institution. So when we move to, to West Des Moines, we now just have more room, more space to continue to engage in the community, not only going out to be of service to the community, but welcoming people in 
so they can be a part of our campus community. So that's really important to us as well. So, you know, we want to be con continue to be good community partners and support um, the surrounding community and um, prepare our students to be of service, you know, as they go out and practice medicine or serve their communities as well. Thanks so much for your for your kind comments. That means a lot. And I'm sure some of our listeners are wondering, how can they get involved? How can they learn more? Uh, where would you send them? I would send you to our website, um, dmu.edu. Easy enough. Um, we keep a constant profile of what's happening on the campus site. You can actually go out on our website and there's a real-time um, camera camcorder out there. So our faculty and staff members sometimes can watch what's happening at any given time on the campus, you know, and driving by to see the buildings go up is an exciting piece of that. But our website has all the videos, updates, you can click on the link and see what's new and exciting on our campus. So join us and, um, and be a part of what we think is going to be pretty special. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks again, Dr. Franklin, for taking time to join us today and for your vision, your, your leadership and commitment to making our community even, even stronger. We really look forward to seeing this project complete. Uh, hopefully September, 2023, we'll all be there celebrating alongside you uh, and really help transform our region even further. So thanks again to our audience as well for joining us for the One Voice DSM podcast. And thanks for everything you do to drive growth in DSM USA. 